just be me. But I'm, I'm warm. So she preached on that last week. Can you turn that down just a hair? George, thanks. And uh, as she preached on that, first of all, as we were planning out uh, this 1 Corinthians, uh, she said, I really get that while you're gone? Thank you. And uh, she was being very sarcastic. And, uh, and, and I said, well, you could, you could skip to a different subject, and I'll, I'll tackle that one later. And she said, no, no, I'll do it. And uh, so she preached on that. If you haven't heard it, uh, it's, if you go to the CORE Facebook page, uh, there's a copy there. Uh, there's a podcast. If you look at sermons from Omaha Central in iTunes or anything like that, you can hear uh, her sermon. And she didn't shy away from the, the scripture that's there. And as the second half of 1 Corinthians 6 kind of continues along that theme of keeping pure, being uh, uh, a testimony of a life changed, being different from the culture, being committed to being God's holy and righteous people. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the second half, deals with that also. So, we'll let her words stand, and I'll instead focus on the first half, which is lawsuits among believers. As far as I know, there might not be any pending lawsuits between members of the church here among each other. Nobody's suing anybody that I'm aware of. Great, we can skip past this chapter then. No, <laughs> we're not going to do that. We're going to talk about it and how it applies to us today. And I think it really comes down to not letting things get so out of control in our relationships, not letting barriers get too high that destroys genuine fellowship. If we remember 1 Corinthians, the goal and the, the reason why Paul is writing is to eliminate divisions in the church. We are to be one united people for one united purpose. What's the purpose? To preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. One people, one purpose. No divisions. And we talked about uh, how there was, I follow this person, I follow this person, I follow this person. I like the way this leader says it. I like the way this leader says it. I, I prefer this. Paul says eliminate all of that. Focus instead on one person, Jesus Christ. Focus on being one united people and one purpose to preach the gospel, to preach the mystery that is the gospel of Jesus Christ to the entire world. In order to do that, we have to have a good testimony. Uh, we have to have a good uh, 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 standing. We have to be trustworthy. And that's, this is where Paul is coming in here. He's saying that you have to live before others as changed people. Not pretend change, but the literal, uh, the, the change that has happened in your heart needs to be evident in your life. Boy, so I'm glad, I'm glad there's no uh, lawsuits pending, at least that I'm aware of, between any of us here. None of you are suing me, right? All right, good. Whew. I didn't miss any important pieces of mail this week. Good. But we have a very litigious society, 
a society that loves to sue, a society that loves to uh, claim that they've been harmed or injured in some way, shape, or form. How many of you have ever been to Springfield, Missouri before? All right. There's a restaurant in Springfield, Missouri that's pretty popular, and it's called Lambert's. Have you ever heard of that place? It's Lambert's, home of the throwed rolls. In other words, you're sitting at the restaurant, you want some, some rolls, they will throw it at you. And you catch it either in a net, or you catch it with your hands, or it misses you, and it falls on the ground, depending on how well you can catch. Well, somebody is suing Lambert's throwed rolls because they were not familiar with the concept, and instead of catching the roll, was hit in the eye with the roll and is suing Lambert's throwed rolls. So pretty soon, they're going to have to put up a sign, I'm sure if they haven't put up one by now, saying, caution, flying bread, enter at your own risk. You see it everywhere. You see those little signs that should be uh, somewhat obvious to most people, but you have to put those signs up because We are such a litigious society. We love to sue people. The hot topic for uh, millions of years has been that McDonald's cup and the McDonald's cup that says, caution, may contain really, really hot beverage. Don't spill this on your lap. But today, as we look at this, as we look at uh, uh, our society being so litigious. Why is this important to us today? It's important because, uh, and I'm glad there's no lawsuits pending, but it's important because fellowship, the thing that is supposed to unite us all together into one body, one united body together, that broken fellowship and strained relationships can get to a point I'm glad, it's, I'm glad we're not there, but get to the point of being irreconcilable. And we can do better. We can do better. We're one body not divided against itself. So, there's an area of concern here. That Christians were going to law against one another. And Paul was saying, that is shameful. Shameful. Shameful that we're suing each other. Shameful that we're taking matters between us out into the courts. Here's what we need to know. Here's here's a very important distinction. This is not a a criminal in nature. All right? If someone's violating uh, uh, you, abusing you, or anything like that, this is not what this is about. Justice needs to happen. I believe that God is, is just and fair, and he uses the criminal uh, system sometimes to ex- exact that justice. Yes, there's a place of forgiveness, but forgiveness and justice go hand in hand. And uh, I'm not talking about being abused or being, uh, uh, you know, if you're struck or if uh, you've been, uh, heaven forbid, anything else that's happened to you. You absolutely have a right uh, to make sure that justice is served in that situation. But we're mostly talking here, and Paul it makes it clear that it's mostly civil in nature. It's mostly monetary 
in nature. Going to courts to settle uh, uh, disputes against each other. We have about three television shows at our house that we DVR on a regular basis. I have my show, my two shows that are kind of the same, Ask This Old House and This Old House on Saturday mornings on PBS. I love those, I love those two shows. I, I tape it and I watch it every single Saturday. I love to see those guys working on houses. Uh, somehow, some way, I think I could do that after watching 30 minutes of professionals do it. But another show that we have, and I'm kidding you not, uh, it's Major Shelley's absolute favorite show in the world, is Judge Judy. Any other Judge Judy fans? We have a little difference of opinion on Judge Judy. I just think she's incredibly mean, and uh, she's incredibly blunt. Shelley happens to like that part. She said that sometimes... People just need to be told that are lying and cheating and stealing from other people. They need to be told, I don't believe you and you're a stupid idiot. Sometimes Judge Judy's bold enough and blunt enough to, be, to, to say that pretty directly. You're an idiot. I don't believe you. Pay up what you should pay. Well, handling things, uh, we need to make sure that we don't get to the point where we have to go to Judge Judy and somebody needs to tell us that we're being an idiot and that we should just pay what we're supposed to pay. But for Christians to go to law against one another over civil matters, it's a matter of shame to Paul. Paul doesn't yell at them. Let's just take a look here. Paul doesn't yell at them because they have disagreements. We know that disagreements will come. Problems will come. Life doesn't go without bumps. Problems are going to come up. Offenses are going to happen. You're going to offend someone, and someone's going to offend you. That's a fact. But what Paul's saying is don't let those offenses get to such a place where you have to settle it somewhere else, that somebody else has to step in and settle that. Here's why. Number one, Christians should be competent to judge their own affairs, to judge problems that arise among them. He says that in verse 1 and 2. He says, how dare you take your problems out into the world? Don't you know that that ruins your testimony? Don't you know that that ruins uh, 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 the change that you said is inside of you? It ruins it. The fact that Jesus associates uh, uh, his people with the judgment that he will exercise, that Jesus gives us a part in judging the rest of the world. He said, you can't even handle disagreements or disputes in-house. He said to, uh, lawsuits are, are inappropriate and wrong because to, to go to law against another Christian is an admission and a confession of defeat. It's losing. No matter who wins in a lawsuit, both parties lose when it gets to that point. All the parties concerned are defeated. Things should not get that far. I'm thankful, I'm so thankful that things have not got that far. 
But Paul carefully reminds the Corinthians that as God's children, born of the Spirit, born into his family, that we have a duty to make sure things don't get that far. The names and the descriptions that Paul gives us throughout this emphasize over and over and over and over and over again that we are family. What does he call us? Brothers. What does he call us? Sisters. Brothers and sisters. Be united together. Be one. Brothers and sisters, we undermine our family if we go to law before unbelievers. The body of Christ is injured by such action. action. Our Christ-likeness, our Christian love, are frustrated and defeated if we go to law against one another. That lawsuits among Christians dishonor the name of the Lord. In the eyes of the world, and it registers a defeat for God's people. After all, it's better to be cheated and wronged if only for a financial matter than to bring the name of the Lord Jesus down. We testify to transformation. We testify and we know that the hallmark of our Christian faith is love. And part of that love is forgiveness. So as someone offends you, and as you offend someone else in the church, if for no other place in this world but in the fellowship of God, in the one body, for one purpose, if we offend We should expect forgiveness. We should seek forgiveness. We should seek to restore any broken fellowship that we have. We should seek to, to, how can I make this right with you? And we should expect the other person, when they uh, have wronged us and they know that they've wronged us, to, to seek that same kind of attitude. How can we make this better? How can we go forward here? How can we resolve this? How can we squash this? And get this in the rearview mirror. Before, before we've tasted the forgiveness of, uh, of the Lord, before we know what forgiveness really feels like, we didn't have an excuse. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't know any better. And we could take a, a, a vengeance and revenge on other people. But if we've tasted forgiveness, we know that we are to forgive. As Christian, we've been washed from the sins of which we are guilty before our conversion. We've been sanctified. We've been made pure. We've been made holy. So don't hold on to that anger that God can make things right. So where do we go from here? Number one, if it's getting to the point, if it's getting close to a lawsuit, boy, we should, we should stop. <laughs> if it's getting towards that point, stop. Seek to make things right. If you're offended, if you've offended others, seek to make things right. Seek forgiveness. Offer restitution. 
offer, uh, offer to meet and to genuinely talk about how can we improve our fellowship with each other. Along with that, if we're seeking to make things right, if we're seeking to forgive other people, then number two, we should be approachable people. Approachable people. If you've been married for any time, if you've been in a relationship for any time, if you've had a a mother or a father that you've ever uh, gotten in the if you ever know that they're in a bad mood or that you've done something wrong, you can pick it up pretty quickly, can't you? You can tell. Nonverbal language makes a pretty big difference. If uh, the silent treatment we've uh, maybe received before, if we've offended a family member, we've heard the pots and pans bang around a little bit uh, louder than they normally would, and we want to ask that question, is everything okay? What, what did I do wrong? Maybe we know and maybe we really don't know. Well, you have to have that conversation, number one. Uh, number two, we should be approachable. Be approachable. We should be willing to break down the walls. Sure, we're all guilty of that. The silent treatment, the cold shoulder, the nonverbal language that says, I'm really kind of upset at you right now. And the fact that you don't even know why is bothering me too. So that's two reasons why I'm upset at you. The mystery reason and because you don't know. No. Be approachable. Be ready to break down those walls. Get friendly. Get friendly. After all, our relationships are built on time together, on conversations with each other, on genuine fellowships fellowship and relationships. To be one, we have to know each other and have those genuine relationships. To break down barriers. Brothers and sisters know brothers and sisters. We are family. You know, a couple of things that I found. Uh, Small talk is pretty easy for some people. Small talk and getting to know other people is pretty difficult for others. If it's difficult for you, can I give you just a few pointers of how to break the ice, how to break down barriers? Number one, ask them their name. What's your name? Who are you? Ask uh, what they do for work or how they spend their time, what they like to do. Ask them to tell you about their family. Where are they from? What's your family look like? And they'll tell you exactly what they want you to know. This might have just died. Can you hear me all right? Sorry. Maybe not. Ask them about their hobbies and interests. And notice I'm saying ask them. Not tell them about yours. Listen to them. Let them talk. Ask them about their ideas, their problems, their challenges, their, their goals and dreams. Break down those barriers one at a time, and pretty soon you got a conversation. And when somebody feels like they've been heard, and when somebody knows that you care, relationships are repaired. Relationships are built. 
So number one, make things right. Seek forgiveness. Offer restitution. Number two, break down barriers. Be friendly. Be approachable. Church, we are one. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And number three, don't be consumed. Don't be consumed with anger. Anger's a poison. I've heard it uh, exclaimed that anger is a poison that the person that's angry drinks and hopes the other person dies. Anger. An incredible destructive force to the body of Christ. Friends, don't be consumed with anger. Well, I want to invite Colonel to come. I am glad there are no pending lawsuits, as I've said a hundred times now. But maybe there's strained relationships. Maybe there's strangers among us, people that we don't know very well. Well, Christ, Christ has made us a family. Christ is able to break down those barriers. We have to do our part, testify to the change that's inside of us, show it, live it out. This chorus, Christ is the answer to my every need. Christ is the answer. He is my friend indeed. Problems of life, my spirit may assail. With Christ my Savior, I shall never fail. For Christ is the answer to my every need. Offenses will come. You'll be offended. You might be offended this morning. You will offend other people. So we need forgiveness. We need to offer forgiveness to others. Christ has shown us the way to forgive. As he's being nailed on the cross, his words, Father, forgive them, for they don't even know what they're doing. Christ, quick to offer forgiveness. Let's let him be our example. Let's sing this chorus together. Christ is the answer to my everything. Christ is the answer. He is my friend.